Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Wednesday, September 30th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Just a moment, we'll get to part two of my conversation along with Bill Meltzer and Flyers Assistant General Manager Brent Flair. Part one was in Monday's episode. Part two, you will hear momentarily. But let me remind you that coming up in Friday's episode and the next three episodes after this one will be Scouts Week. We'll have the chance, you'll have the chance to hear conversations I've been able to have with Flyers Scouts, amateur scouts from around the globe as we prepare for the NHL draft. You'll hear from Joachim Grunland from Sweden. He is the Flyers European amateur scout. You'll hear from Nick Pryor, who handles the USHL, also handles collegiate hockey based out of Minnesota. You'll hear from him on the next episode after that. And you'll also hear from Mark Gregg, who handles Western Canada and a lot of junior WHL. Uh, Great insight from Flyers scouts around the world. Guys, you often hear about, you hear their opinions about certain players, but you very rarely hear them. So uh, very excited to bring that to everybody here on Flyers Daily. But right now, let's get to part two. Bill Meltzer and I had a chance to talk to Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair, and here's the second part of that interview. Brent, when you look at, um, you know, we talked kind of as uh, picks as currency, and if that's up right now because of the flat cap, um, one of the other areas that can be used as currency is goaltender and goaltender depth. Uh, you got a few guys, obviously, in your system. Hart has come in, and, and you know, he's your guy. Um, but you have Ustamenko, Kareel there, uh, and Felix Sandstrom. Um, what is the, the philosophy of you guys on drafting goaltenders? I mean, you, you see so many of these Russian goaltenders coming out now, and they're a factory at the moment. And with that flat cap, you know, teams don't love to play, pay their goaltenders top-end dollars to cure that ill. And like Brian Burke has once said, you know, 80% of your team is goaltending. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100%. So what's kind of the organizational philosophy uh, on attacking this draft uh, with uh, the goaltender position, and when you have a 22-year-old goaltender in Carter Hart already? Well, I, I think we, um, you know, Chuck's always been a believer, in, and I as well, is try to draft a goalie almost every year. You know, you don't have to draft them early rounds, but, you know, you look at the number of the goalies that aren't drafted in the first round that, that end up playing, and goalies are a development, you know, it, a lot of these guys take time. You know, whether it's four or five, six years, I hope you draft them early and then all of a sudden the patience is gone. You want them to play right away. But um, you look at the, a lot of the goalies that are taken in the first round, there's exceptions, obviously, with Carey Price or Vasilevsky and these guys, but they need time to develop and learn to play, learn to deal with the workload of the NHL. And, um, and not all guys can make it. You know, we're, we're drafting young players and uh, you see the talent level of these guys and their ability and you're trying to project them to be NHL players. But Mentally, the, the mental toughness that you need to play goaltender in the NHL is is huge, and, and that's developed as well, and not everybody has it, which is it's hard to de- detect as, a, as an 18-year-old. When you're getting a little deeper into the draft, does the league that a, a kid is playing in, does that, does that weigh into it at all just in terms of the signing timetable? Like, for example, you know, you drafted Roddy Ross a year ago. Whereas if you draft a collegiate goalie or a European goalie, maybe you have a little longer time frame to evaluate. No, I, I think that's benefit, especially in the later rounds, um, drafting players that are going to college or, or in Europe and you have them for longer and you give them longer time to develop. But 
um, you know, that's something we certainly take into account. And sometimes you see a player blossom or in late, whether it's, you know, there's been guys that are free agents, even Bill Myers and these guys that are looked and you, you get a chance at them. And, um, but there's different development rates with all these young guys. That's the, that's the challenge of a, a draft of young players that we, we deal with. You don't have the NFL where these guys have played, you know, on a high level, high pressure college football game with, you know, 80,000 fans in the building. Um, you know, we draft and kids some out of high school, uh, some out of Europe with no fans in the building. Uh, and it's a challenge, but at the same time, it's, I think we've, we measure all those things and take it into account and uh, we make our judgments based on that. You know, one of the interesting dynamics, Brent, is the, the hockey world is, is big, but it's small, right? Um, so many guys know so many people and some of your scouts even have scouted their own kids like Mark Gregg. And yeah. we saw it, we saw it a couple of years ago and the Flyers attacking that second yeah. round and, and Matias Samuelson's there. He ends up going to Buffalo and obviously shell part of the organization. When you, when you look at uh, guys and they have to scout their sons, what are those conversations like? It's like going to arbitration with your parents or your kid. Yeah. Well, you see it's it's weird, more, right? There's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of players, kids, draft to come into the league whether it's Kachucks and some of these guys and yeah but Gregor with his son it's it, it's been a challenge because he's really uh you know he's Ridley he's a great kid and we all know him uh as scouts we know him you know a lot of the guys that have been here have known him since he's a, a runner at the draft table years ago or whatever and he's just a little kid so you know it's a challenge and 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 Mark's uh defense of him uh he's you know, he was adamant coming into the year and even most of the year that I don't want players drafting him. I don't want guys doing reports on him. I don't want to do this. And um, just because it's, it's not because, you know, he doesn't want to be a flyer, but it's more of the backlash if we ever drafted him and the media nepotism and the backlash would come and, and all the pressure uh, dealing with that, which I get to a point, but if he's, my point to him recently is if he's the draft best player on the draft board at the time, my, my, I owe the Flyers to draft the best player, whether it's your son or not. And obviously he's a Flyers fan growing up. He's a Claude Giroux's favorite player. And you know, <laughs> Gregor's a Flyer, you know, most of his career. So it, it's, it's interesting. It's a dynamic that, you know, I think fans and media don't really think about. Uh, at the same time, it's, you know, he's probably in a range. He could be gone before we pick, which might be a blessing for Gregor's stress level. But at the same time, he's he's a guy that – he's a kid that everybody likes. He's, uh, you know, he's not the biggest body, but he's a competitive kid. He skates. He, um, he plays an honest two-way game. He scores. He, he's got some grit. Um, you know, so he's one of those kids that's it's kind of – it's kind of interesting, and, and obviously Gregor's stress levels off the wall, and he's a proud father. You know, the reality is they had Schneider on the team there too, so you know, heavily, heavily scouted team this year in Brandon. So that's kind of funny. Get Gregor going lots. Awesome. His life's more stressed out than Gregor is probably. So. Uh, my last question, Brent, is um, you know when you when you have extra time before the draft. Yeah. 
how much tweaking has there been between preparing for when you know you're expecting in June and now? I know you're you know somewhat reliant on on, on self reports and whatnot, but we, you know what you usually typically have is there there's some kid somewhere who you know grows two inches or somebody who puts on ten pounds of muscle and that becomes that becomes an X factor you know in, in an off season. I'm wondering you know obviously without naming names, but have there been such players this year? Yeah, no, there's uh, you know we've done our research. I, you know we once this all started, the season shut down. We kind of had, I had guys working, doing video. Uh, we, we obviously did our final meetings back. I don't even remember when now, but um, but we had guys continue to work on watch video, just keep them engaged in that. And then over the last month or so, when we're in the bubble, that they're making the calls and, and touch base with all the players, agents, coaches, background, trainers, whatever, uh, getting updates on where they are physically, what they've been doing. Uh, some guys have made huge strides. Uh, some, you know, having as much, you know, and you're relying again on agents sometimes and some of the stuff. So you're, you're you got to make sure you're, you're getting the right information, but um, no, it's, it's intriguing. And the real challenge is now you got players in Europe that have started guys in Quebec league are, are starting. So you get fresh viewings and some guys are off the hot start or some guys are, are slow off the mark and you got to really manage, um, those details as well. You're not going to, you know, you can't penalize a player for, because he's not playing or, or run a guy up the board as well. So you just got to weigh those, uh, those details, but at the same time, more information you get better. Um, Brent, last thing for you. Um, I love taking flyer fans via this podcast, talking to the guys like you behind the curtain um, drafting 23rd, uh, you know, you're going to get to around 12th in the draft. You're going, I can't believe this guy's still there. I, then he's going to happen to 14. I can't believe this guy's still there. And, and the ability to go, we really like this guy. We have him rated as a top 10 player. And now you're into the mid or late teens. And you, now, now it becomes that equation of, can we move up to grab this player and get tremendous value for where we ranked this player? Uh, how does that process work? Well, typically, you know, we do our list, just putting them in order. Uh, we do by position, by leagues. We combine them. And so we have our list. Uh, then we go back, um, and we'll do that you know, more so uh, probably the week prior, uh, and then put put the draft in layers. So you'll have Lafreniere, and then you'll that's one layer. Then the next couple guys, and go, and then you know as as you get later in the draft, some of those layers get a little bit bigger. Um, but at the same time, you know there's a grouping. Um, that's where you decide if the player in that grouping you can move up to get. You know, you decide on the price whether that's makes sense for you or not. Uh, otherwise, sometimes if those players are gone, you make the decision to move back um, in the draft. Or if there's a, a number of players there that you you really like, you move back. Like last year, uh, we knew we were going to get a couple of the guys there, um, and we were able to move back and gain a second round pick. And um, you know, those things happen. It doesn't always happen like that. So I don't want to say we're always going to do that. At the same time, sometimes. <laughs> Move, be aggressive and move up to get a player that you really, you know, have highly rated as you as you said there. So, uh, we, we yeah we put guys in layers through you know the late through the rounds and whether it's the second round or third round and if those guys aren't there then you can move back or or move up whatever adjust as you go if you can. Sometimes those trades aren't there to be made either. So typically, if you really like a guy that's fallen that far, other teams do too sometimes. It's amazing. I feel like the last draft was in 2017. It feels so long ago. It does. Uh, we're just 
joking last night about the, the game in Prague, and it seems like two seasons ago. But yeah, it's almost a calendar year ago. It'll be two days after the calendar year uh, that this draft will take place, when you guys started October fourth last year in Prague, and all those miles in the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I said that was the last thing, Brent. Uh, it's never the last thing with me. I have one more. Sorry. <laughs> uh, because you brought up Prague and um, the uncertainty around when this season will start. We know the uncertainty about maybe fans in the building um, and, and how that will kind of either start out, progress, or what we end up with uh, this coming 2020-2021 uh, season. Um, condensed schedules are probably something that's going to be in order as well and not as many off days, three games in four days. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but ha how's it been for you guys as a front office staff trying to f trying to figure out and and you know kind of attack this season from a training camp stand all the all the elements of preparing for a season without having a date at this point as as we get ready to tip into the month of October? Oh, it's it's a challenge for sure. We've talked, we you know had pro meetings, we've had meetings internally here just on what the best route is for this year, whether it's a shortened season or. Uh, obviously, with the cap situation and the unknown of, you know, we're we're all assuming and hoping we can play, but you know, who knows what happens in the world? It's a crazy time. So, I think there's teams um, uh, that are are challenged, uh, you know, with the cap, with you know, financial realities of, of sports right now. Um, at the same time, I think you know we're blessed with great ownership and here that are are fully invested and. We'll do whatever we have to do. At the same time, we have to be smart and you know pick the right time to to make adjustments. And whether it's this year or not, the thing we're blessed with is we have um, the good and bad. You saw in the playoffs, we have a, our, the majority of our nucleus of our team are young players, and uh, which is exciting going forward. At the same time, that you know that's the frustration of losing the playoffs is it stings, but at the same time, to get that experience for Sandheims and Myers and Pearl Robs and uh, connect these and all these young players to learn what it is to be play in the playoffs and, and compete and win. Um, you know, that's, you can't measure that stuff. And a lot of, all these good teams usually have to fail in the playoffs before having success. And, and uh, I think the best for the Flyers is still ahead of us, and uh, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, we have some good players still in the pipeline and, and my job's to add to that and, and uh, hopefully we can do that. Well, Brent, this was awesome, and I really appreciate you joining us. All season, uh, the few times that you've joined us here on Flyers Daily, I know that the listeners get a tremendous amount out of it. And um, Look, everybody's a general manager, whether you're, you're really a general manager or you're at home pretending to be one, whether it's doing fantasy drafts or whatever. Um, we're looking forward to the draft. Uh, best of luck with the draft. Uh, I hope you and every, your family and everybody is safe, and, and uh, best of luck, and hopefully we get this game back on the ice rather sooner than later, and we appreciate you joining us here on Flyers Daily, as always. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Special thanks to Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair for joining myself and Bill Meltzer. Thanks to Bill as well. Great stuff there here on this episode of Flyers Daily. Again, Scouts Week will start on Friday with Joachim Grunland uh, from Sweden, who is the Flyers European Amateur Scout. We'll get you ready for the NHL draft as Scouts Week will kick off on Friday's episode of Flyers Daily, which is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, and we'll talk to you on Friday's episode. <laughs>